Disclaimer. The views, information, or opinions discussed in this UCC podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the UCLA University Catholic Center and its staff. If you have any questions or comments concerning the information, leave a comment below or email us at catholicconvos at gmail.com. the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us offer up a brief silence for all the lives that have been lost in the struggle for justice, and for all those currently suffering and struggling to live a life free of oppression. May they know that they are not alone. Amen. name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Verse of the day, Matthew 25, 35-40. I was hungry, and you fed me, thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you received me in your homes, naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you took care of me, in prison, and you visited me. The righteous will then answer him, When, Lord, did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we ever see you, a stranger, and welcome you in our homes, or naked and clothe you? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? The king will reply, I tell you, whenever you did this for one of the least important of these followers of mine, you did for me. Welcome back to another episode of the UCC Podcast. Woo! <laughs> yes! <laughs> This is episode 13 of the UCC podcast, also known as episode 3 of season 2. I think that's <laughs> that's numbers. Yes. Season yeah. 2. <laughs> Let's go season 2. I have here one of my very 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 good friends and a very very special guest. I think that if I was rooming with this person, I would be <laughs> extremely extremely grateful and kind to her always and she's probably like the best roommate ever but unfortunately you had to live with somebody super ungrateful that's named brianna tanusi i'm sorry you had to live with her for like you know thank you thank you honestly she could she could have done better (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding brianna is great brianna is great (laughs) i've known alondro since like probably my first year at the ECC. You've seen me a couple times. We had really good conversations. Alondra is one of the most incredible human beings ever. And I'm not saying that lightly. Like, I honestly think <laughs> if you ever had a conversation with Alondra, you could see, like, she's just so knowledgeable about so many things. She just cares so much about people, about her Catholic faith. And I don't know, the things that you do, really, really, really inspiring. And I'm excited to just getting able to just talk to you and everything especially now that you are freshly out of ucla um but yeah i'm going to let you introduce yourself now uh, alondra take it <laughs> thank away thank you well thank you for those very kind words i think i definitely do not see myself as so much grander as you have just said um <laughs> but i i am excited to be here kind of did a good job of introducing me but i am a recent ucla alumni class of 2020 um, I am a formal mm. SL on the Social Justice Committee. I think it was like about three years ago now. So kind of old on, on that <laughs> scene. But I mean, overall, I am someone who is super enthusiastic about anything community service, anything social justice related. I do care deeply about social justice and everything that that entails. So I'm super excited to to talk about that today and just, yeah, hopefully, you know, people learn stuff. Hopefully this questions how what they think of, of social justice it's it's really fascinating because we have just t- already off the bat two former sj sls it's really really awesome and i can't wait to continue on this really really important topic of talking about social justice and i think that it is super super crucial especially with the opening prayer that we've had so why is social justice really important for the catholic faith why is it one of our five committees of this of the student leader team? It could literally just be four committees, but we have to yeah. include social justice. And why is that, in your opinion? I think it's like one of the, those callings that, as a Catholic, we should just all know that it's something 
we're meant to do. You know, the verse that I read today, Matthew 25, 35 through 40, I think one of my favorites that really shows social justice as something important to our faith. Really, Jesus asking us, like, when did I see you? When did you come visit me when I was sick? When did you clothe me? All of that, like, necessary items of us caring for each other, loving each other as we are called to do as one of our, like, big tenets of our faith, really. I think it's definitely important to so justice as part of our faith. And I think the fact that it is a committee at our Catholic community goes to show, you know, we young Catholics really need to be up there in our game of social justice and and it should be very interrelated with our identity as Catholics. I remember my first student dinner and seeing the different people of the different committees. I don't remember any of the SLs besides you and Christine and Cecilia, I, th- I believe. Mm. I don't remember anyone. Wait, no, <laughs> Maddie, Maddie. Maddie was in your... Oh, yes. No, she was uh, She was outreach, actually. So she did the student dinners. Cecilia... Oh, no, sorry. Was it... No, I'm... Wow. See, I've been three years in older cell. I have no idea what everything is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the... Uh, what is that position? The one who's doing student dinners. Isn't that what you're doing, actually? Calm life. Calm life. There we go. Maddie was calm life. Cecilia was outreach. Christine was calm life. And then I was social justice. <laughs> well, big sad because I said Cecilia was like calm life. Uh, <laughs> no, with Christine. the truth oh. is we were very united as a team. So you must have seen all of us be there at some point helping with student dinners. So that's probably part of the confusion. Yes. Was 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 Izzy and Stephanie on your team as well? Or were they the year previous? They were a year previous. But they were always so around too. And that's amazing when you have SLs there to help and guide you when you're barely starting. Yeah, I think that's always crucial to have. I think that uh, definitely this year is going to be a different behemoth. I think that this is the time for innovation, especially with our student leader team. If anything, this is the year where it's let's try out new things and then continue on with the traditions later on. I'm not even sure if there is going to be student dinner. But I know. to be honest, yeah, I've, I, I, I don't know if you've known this or other people know this, but I've been playing Minecraft with the um, <laughs> new coming, the, the new uh-huh. first years. And I think that's, it's been a real, it's been real fun getting to know them, getting to know their life stories while like, you know, we're, we're dying and like the nether and all that <laughs> stuff. But I think it's, uh, it's really fascinating to see student ministry is going to be like, what did you learn most about yourself when being in the SLT? Because I'm, I'm curious to see like, what are the lessons that I might, I might get after this experience? I think of myself as just generally being on the team. I learned to really work with others. I mean, it sounds very cliche because you learn this in a lot of different facets not necessarily faith related but to work with someone on a faith-based level is so different than working with someone elsewhere because it's it's the care of the person that you're not just thinking we have a deadline we have to get this done we're thinking how can I help you how are you doing if this is too much for you you know I'm going to step up I'm going to try and find out a way that I can help you and it was that like the care of the person really understanding that we're all going through a lot of different struggles as the college students, as people who are on a team who are expected to have events running and like look perfect (laughs) when it comes to being in front of people, you know, that's something I definitely learned about myself. And I learned to allow myself to be taken care of, really. That's something also that you don't really think about, you know, especially for me, honestly, I'm the type of person who's like loves to be part of all the details. And it's like, no, I just know that if I did it this way, it's going to be so good. And like learning to step back and be like, you know what, you know, I have midterms the next three days. I can't do this. Can someone help me? You know, really learning that is so valuable. And I think it's been something that's stuck with me that served me really for the next two years. I mean, you, you know, the UCCC and that world run that that was. So, you know, going from a, from a sophomore SL, learning to let myself be taken care of to being, you know, an executive director for a conference my senior year, like those skills that I picked up on like learning to take care of a team and letting myself be taken care of came in clutch. And I mean, hopefully the UCC team would feel that they were taken care of because I certainly tried to have that environment there. But yeah, that's that's my biggest lesson to take away from being an SL. I think one of the members of your team and your former roommate once told me (laughs) a really, really important part and it really discerned me and my leadership opportunities outside 
of the UCC, which is codes come and go. It seems mm. sad, but if you really think about it this way, you're theoretically, every job could be done by one person, but the reason why there might be codes is because you want to share that burden. And sometimes that means mm -hmm. that you go on to take a week off. And I tell this to my co's just right off the bat saying like, I think it. I think it's important to realize how human we are. I think it's important to realize yeah. that there are going to be circumstances that we cannot control and we have to take a step back and it's okay to take that step back. Communication is really, really essential when it comes to leadership, I feel, in the sense that definitely people can pick up the slack and it's not through any fault of your own. I think that's the hardest thing because we want to shoulder that burden all of ourselves, but that's not, that's not the way to go. It's okay to take a break because eventually you will be the one picking up the slack. So it's, you know, it's yeah, kind of like... Exactly. Yeah, it, it happens, and I think that that's the lesson I feel like I, I will learn as well. As much as I say this, um, and <laughs> as much as I say it helps, it, it definitely helps me. There are still some times, even last year, and especially during this year, during the summer with AA, where I'm like, I must shoulder all the burden myself. <laughs> but in reality, delegation is probably oh, yeah. necessary. It's not, it's not easy. It's definitely a hard process. We got to UCLA working by ourselves, you know, it was a feet that you had to do and prove yourself worthy you know kind of I mean that kind of sounds bad but it's true you you had to really work your butt off to get in here learning to then step back is kind of counterintuitive you're like what no way you know I was supposed to be the self-sufficient college student I can totally handle this and just learning that it's okay really that alone that it's okay um it's a big thing it's a big thing to learn how is it like working with kevin i've never really talked that much to him with him but like yeah he seems such such a chill guy i don't know <laughs> kevin if you listen to this buckle in i'm just kidding <laughs> no 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 it's been it was like it was definitely different because he's like you're older than i was so mm. he had more big bigger stressors it was different we grew up differently we were a different generation um really getting to work together and like mold into like being cohesive wasn't wasn't that easy at first and that's what i mean just i i like to tell new sls it's like if you at first think you're not getting along that well with your co uh not that we didn't but it's it don't be discouraged it's just you guys are different people who have a similar interest but not necessarily in the same same ven like venue of interest you know and that's why kevin and i we i really like the way we ended up doing it was that we split up our interests per quarter we like focus on something I loved and then we focus on something he loved and then we focus on something that we both loved and in that sense we both got to really do what we loved and we did it together and we really um, helped each other get through it and really put those events on and stuff that we did. That's actually really really fascinating that's that is probably a strat to take with us as well just all of us. Do you have any other strats for the incoming SLT you know my team any any other <laughs> tips and tricks or maybe words of advice from a very sage leader <laughs> in our community. I think that you guys should definitely just not be too hard on yourselves. Like you said, you guys have a very different, different ministry coming at you guys right now with the online stuff and everything. And to just really, really work as a team, you know, committees are there for, for the, for like the focus, you know, and know that you have like that particular one or two people right next to you. But you guys are also a team. So remember that as a team together, you guys are worth a lot more than a separate committee is trying to do your own, your own thing. Really, really focus on that team aspect. I think that we forget that we're a team and that if a committee is struggling, another committee happens to not be doing much, you can ask that committee member. It's still your team member. As an SL team, you guys are working to bring this community together, not as separate five committees. I think that's something definitely to take in. Yeah, for sure. I think that... One of the most important things that I've learned and I was talking to different leaders of different cultural orgs, and f this is just for myself, is that it's important to have checks and balances. It's really, <laughs> really important to have everybody accountable for their own actions and misactions. So there are so many times where I am reminded that, oh, I have made a mistake and what am I going to do for it? So definitely, yes, it's important to say sorry, but what are the next steps that I can do to better myself? And what are the steps that people can do too? And if they, if somebody else does something wrong, what are the steps that they can do to better themselves? It's a learning process. We all struggle. I really enjoy the fact that we have accountability. And I guess another thing that people have said in like in cultural orgs is that it's important to have a mission statement and a vision statement. And I didn't realize how different those two things were. So it seems like a mission statement is, you know, what are you all working towards as a team? What is the lasting impact that you want to make? And a vision is something that you, maybe it's like in the committee one has, it's like, how can we uplift the mission statements in 
the ideas that we have in the works that we do. And I think it's, I think it's so important to have a purpose because right now things seem so purposeless with the ideal of like the digital landscape. And so I don't know, what are, what are your thoughts on that whole thing? I think that's really, I think that's a really good way to put it. I haven't heard that way of just like mission statement versus vision statement. Um, I feel like I've heard them, you know, separately, but not together. Kind of complementary is the word that came to mind when you were saying that. And look at the digital landscape and everything. I think it definitely is important for to have that vision of like, what is my committee going to do to uplift the mission statement of building a community, you know, kind of like having that going in, I think is definitely very important. And we're also far apart or seemingly so, at least physically, but we also so, so much together being able to do these podcasts. Like I think brilliant idea, big fat kudos to you and your team already for doing this the summer before even starting. I think, I think I really, really like the idea that incoming freshmen are listening to this alumni like myself we're still hanging in here you know <laughs> trying trying to hold on to our hopes and dreams of like being ucla bruins forever um yeah. and just really being able to make that community happen i think this is this is amazing and more ideas like this you know more things that could be done on two and two but also enjoyed by everyone and, and just trying to trying to create vision statements and and mission that will keep growing our Catholic faith and our own personal growth as we, as you guys go on to this year. I was going to say as we, but I, I'm done. No, no. <laughs> hey, we. <laughs> Alumni count too. I think it's important to, no, I, I, I want to take this time to mention how important alumni are. And alumni contribute so much to the growing knowledge, the growing wisdom, because you still learn about the different aspects of your faith. And I love it when alumni come back and visit. I love it when alumni uh, reach out. And of course, I think as undergraduates, we are the one who should be reaching out to alumni first. We need to foster those relationships. But it's really nice to have alumni come back to the UCC. <laughs> I really hope that it can always be your home every time that you are near UCLA. So I, I mean, I hope I get to see you in person at the UCC. It's wonderful, honestly, the gifts that you all bring. So I just want to, I always want to take that time to really thank you. There's one other thing that I have to thank you for. And I think you sowed the seeds of something that I have wanted to do for the longest time. I don't know how aware of you are this, but I've been to different intercollegiate digital events. And I thought that my faith was like, struggling throughout this time in the pandemic but when you hosted the ucccc it's like it's really fantastic because that's a, that was a real life intercollegiate event that seems so incredible i wish i could have gone there were definitely restrictions such as my, <laughs> my own cultural night so i'm really sorry i couldn't go but what was it like to work in that intercollegiate space and what do you feel like the intercollegiate community will be like in the upcoming years especially with like intercollegiate events being held online it was so different for me to really be working hand in hand you know i was having zoom calls with with alumni from Berkeley, with alumni from Irvine, from you name it, all of these other colleges that had done the UCC um, on their campus, like I was having calls with them and really trying to figure a way to make sure that we were united and that it was different colleges and not just the UC system. You know, we were really, really interested in having everyone come in here because our Catholic faith is so interdimensional and it's so different wherever you go. You know, that's that's something that I had wanted to talk about overall with this topic because it's like social justice and our faith is everywhere. And we just have to really lock into that, really get in there and, and like do, some, do something about it. So that intercollegiate, the UCC, that event, bringing everyone together um, was very, it was very unique to have it like senior year. For me personally, I love circles and the fact that I was there my freshman year and was back my senior year and that I was part of it was just really like a very unique and closing atmosphere for me at UCLA to have met people my freshman year and to have seen them my senior year again. Like, you know, those things where it's like we're all Catholic and we're just so united and we can be much more united if we actually do those things. So it's like online intercollegiate events. I've been seeing you post them on Facebook. I just haven't had time. But like seeing those, like seeing them and knowing that they're happening is exactly like what our faith is. Universal. It's it's universal. We're everywhere. We're not just in our own little tiny bubbles. So really seeing them keep happening. I'm excited. I'm excited to see them. And for the UCC see seers out there, 
Um, the UCCC will most probably actually be online considering everything. So that should be super exciting to see how the team will enlighten us with, with their brilliant ideas of how you're we're tuning a conference that has been going to campus to campus online this year. So definitely pray for them because it's definitely different. But I'm excited to see that happen as well. Jessica Manzano is the executive director this year. She's done a lot of things within her community. So I'm super excited to see how her and the team really buckle up and like make this the, a greater UCC event. I've seen on the college Catholics leadership team, or I, I've seen a couple of people from SJSU, and I believe Ricky Cruz is one of them. He's fantastic. He was the one who designed our social media stuff. So already they have amazing people and... I'm excited. If it, if it is online this year, I will definitely be going. It is fascinating that my senior year, I will be I will be going to like the UCCC for once. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just, yeah, it's it's one of those things where I didn't realize how much I needed until I saw it. For me, it was during the first manifest event. I just saw a couple people, like a couple like hundred people. And as we started to pray, everyone did the sign of the cross and it was all in Zoom. And then everyone started to do it. And I was like, <laughs> wow it was like the most amazing thing ever i'm really glad to have that community and i'm really glad that in this community we get to talk about the real things about this world that are affecting our different communities and this is definitely going into the topic that you wanted to bring up today which is social justice i know we talked a little bit about it in the beginning but social justice is extremely extremely important and i think it's important to realize the societal issues that we're facing today so why is it really important what are some some of the things that you wish that us as catholics I, I know that there are catholics that are super super aware of these things i also know that there are catholics that are not aware of these things so i guess like in your in your opinion what are some things as a whole as a catholic community we need to be aware of and to make action action plans for that i think as a whole and like the most primal vision of social justice that i have is that social justice can be very simple and it is very much so like an act of love at its most basic thing it's just understanding that we you know we are all human we all deserve human contact to be loved as who you are you know and, and like that basic thing is how i see social justice and i think for catholics that don't that think i don't know like if social justice were i feel like social justice could be a taboo topic sometimes but i think it's because it's seen as like this super extra exterior topic that needs to be treated differently you know with special gloves with special vocabulary words and just i think it's it's made out to be more than than what it really is at, at its basic thing it, it should be a daily should be a daily act it should be a daily belief that whomever you meet wherever you meet them to treat them with basic respect and love. And I think social justice, if it were seen really, really at that simplicity, it would be much more widespread amongst all of us as Catholics. And that, that calling that I mentioned at the beginning from with the verse and everything would, wouldn't be so hard because if you saw someone hungry and you met them and you thought this person deserves to be loved and deserves to be respected and I have food, then you'd give them food. If you saw someone naked right in front of you and you really thought and believed that they should be loved and taken care of, then you will clothe them. And I think it's 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 kind of like that. And I've always seen it that way. And I've always just tried to <laughs> to make it easier for all of us to really take action and, and be involved and, and do work out of love and, and care for one another. Yeah, I think it's really important to elucidate any confusions that is regarding social justice. And you really put it in simple terms. It's to it's the act of love to will the good of, of other people, right? To do the good for them. I think that is what social justice is all about, right? Yeah, I think at its base it is. I mean, obviously, the whole, I mean, the reason why it's like social injustice is because not everyone is treated that to begin with. And so you're not, you're, you're helping communities already that you know need that love and that don't have it. So in that sense, it is a bit different. It's not, it's not as simple as that, but our actions are. What are some actions that you've taken in terms of helping with like the societal issues that you have any sort of events that happening at UCLA or like at the UCC community? What are some examples? I think that might also help to elucidate any confusion. Most currently, not really at the UCLA or the UCC, but with the whole online venue, I've worked a lot really closely with the Kino Border Initiative. We had mm. mission ships go from the UCC and then I personally volunteered with them this last summer for about a month on my own. And I'm just really involved with that, with that issue. Um, immigration is my passion. 
and they had a save asylum protest and they were they were doing it in person obviously social distance at the border in Nogales in Arizona and they had they allowed us to like participate virtually so I joined that you know and it's kind of just if you're interested in social justice even if you're not I beg you like (laughs) pick a passion and do something join and follow groups on Facebook and stuff and then and they'll let you know how you can help They'll, they'll be very explicit about like how you can be of service how you can help the community joining a virtual protest sharing something i know we've all become a fan of that with instagram and it is a step that you can do obviously there's more that you can do you can have conversations jason and i right now we're doing social justice right now by speaking about these topics and allowing y'all to listen to this you know it's about continuing the conversations that we should be having about how we can be active with communities that need support at the ucc like an example when i was there we we had a lot of talks uh, and, and presentations and and we did do events that were more hands-on we had the skid row events with cornerstone i know you guys talked about this with shanahan's episode we we had a panel which i think you mentioned that we brought in speakers and we really wanted to just create spaces and and that's very important too when it comes to social justice creating a space where a community can feel like they can voice their concerns and that they won't be judged that they won't be ignored again i always think of it very simple is it's loving it's respect it's listening it's it's being there you know in any way that you can and and there's a lot of ways that you can like i've just mentioned you know facebook sharing conversations one-on-ones like you don't have to tell the world what you're doing as long as you know you're doing something yeah and i think that is very important in that it's it's a very simple action that you can take like having these conversations is definitely one of the things i know that some of my friends or people that i know are always concerned about what is the right form of activism how can we not delve into performative activism because you see it all the time you have really really good posts i mean you really you have really really good points being said but sometimes it can definitely feel blank and i've definitely taken a time to retreat away from social media to really just try to understand what exactly is the intentionality of the stuff that i'm putting out there you mentioned how Mm. instagram is is used in in form of activism what are some ways to have like the right intent for your social justice maneuvering what is like the right way to do it and what is like the most effective way to do it i definitely don't think there's a right way but i think the best way for you to know that you're not just being performative and to really be intentional about what you're doing is to to pick a passion unfortunately like social justice is in every avenue we've seen with covid you know, something that's medical related, how there is so much, so much injustices in that realm with Black Lives Matter, socially, politically, in immigration, families with children. It Unfortunately, social justice is in almost every facet of our lives. So I'm sure like, you know, as a person, you can find something that you're passionate about. And in that way, whenever you say something that you already know you're passionate about, you're kind of fact checking yourself, you know, you're kind of seeing, is this something that is right, that is wrong? Is this something that is you know, uplifting the community that it's not. I actually just shared on my Instagram today. I literally just posted like, why can't they just come here legally? What most Americans don't understand about immigration. So like that, for instance, is not performative. Immigration is my passion. I've been learning about immigration, focusing on immigration for the last like eight years of my life. (laughs) So like for me, because it's something I'm passionate about, I know that the information presented was accurate. That is actually something that someone can learn about if they don't know that already. And that is uplifting and taking away the negative aspect of what most immigrants are seen as. So that is act of social justice because I know what I'm doing. (laughs) and I care about the community and it's like not performative. I'm actually being intentional about that because I I want to be and I know about the community. So I think the most important thing is to not just share blindly, but to be passionate about what you're sharing and that aligns with what your own stuff is. You know, if all of a sudden your Instagram account became a 5 million story long (laughs) of you just sharing stuff that you have nothing, no idea about, then you're probably being more performative about it than if you're sharing stuff about something you already care about and that goes in lines with like what you may have posted three years ago. I think in that sense, it's kind of a way, a very personal way to know that you're doing it right. right. <laughs> I said that in they said that in air quotes just because again, there's no like specific right way. Mm-hmm. And I think it's taking that first step always and being vulnerable with yourself that you can truly be an ally in in situations like for instance i'm going to use myself as a as a personal example i have never shared 
anything on Instagram in terms of stories. Like I rarely post anything on stories. But when I saw these injustices happening across the country and the world, it seems like, I think it was that time where I said, you know, I realized that I do have a platform and I do want to share what it is. And sometimes, yeah, it can definitely feel like a echo chamber. Mm-hmm. It can sometimes feel like an echo chamber. At the same time, it's definitely like information that I've read about and I truly cared about. And I'm op- I definitely opened myself up. There's definitely been times where people checked checked on me and I you know you got to take that and yeah that's how you grow as a person I I feel as well being open to that criticism that's being accountable for your action when I say accountability is important it's not in terms of leadership it's also the way of life right because yeah and I think it's a learning curve like Mm -hmm. social justice is a learning curve that's why I was hesitant to say before like the right way to do it because it's like you're going to learn how And when you're trying to help a community that needs support, you're not going to know how you're the one providing help, you know, (laughs) you don't you don't know what it feels like you're not in that position. So any sort of uplifting that you try and do, you have to definitely take into account that you might not be doing it the best way the first time and that you you're going to grow and and learn in that sense. As a social justice SL, that's definitely happened a lot of times where you're trying to make an event that is meant to help and provide and stuff and then you kind of find out that you're not getting around to it the best way for instance when when we had like the panel we were trying to have flyers up and it was at a time where there was another event going on and and it was like I don't remember what the exact issue was but the point is like putting the flyers up was not the best idea and then somebody tried to help us out and like the next day the UCC was covered in flyers and that was a negative way of doing it because it felt like we were fighting for space in regards to promoting the event and just having people be at either event. And it wasn't planned correctly, so we did have clashing in regards to timing. But it was not a good way to try and create a positive space by, like, fighting (laughs) another event for the space, you know? So in that sense, it's, like, clearly, like, our own self-importance of, like, wanting our event to be successful interfered with both events because we were both not being the best positive friendly we could have been so in in like things like that it's like you can be doing something good but could be doing it in a very brash way that you may have to learn is not the best way you know so things like that it's like you have to be open to to be taught and and really just be with even your even if your intentions are the best we always have to make sure our actions can also be deemed as the better way to do it and I think Everything comes comes down to it as cooperation is definitely like the hardest thing to, to <laughs> do. But you really put it in a in a in a fantastic analogy. So it props to that. I think that's a really good lesson for <laughs> my teams as well. <laughs> I think it's definitely like less of the ego, more of the community. What does the community want over what we want? And that's so mm-hmm. hard to swallow because I I will be the first one to admit it. I am one of the most probably prideful people. I want things done my way. I want like, I am yeah. the captain of my own boat. But so man, it's so hard <laughs> when it's like, uh, things don't go my way, unfortunately. But yeah. I think another aspect of social justice is the education of knowing these things, like you said, right? So where can us as Catholics, how can we better educate ourselves in the faith and in doing the things that we do, right? How do we educate ourselves in learning more about the community? And I feel like these are basic questions, but also, is there a way that you've handled it that might be enlightening to somebody else? Honestly, thinking about the UCC community as like my base, I think it's important for the community to allow educators in. Um, I think we always focus on just the action that we forget to educate ourselves and Mm. how important that really is. You know, I've seen over the years social justice be more about like the hands-on and if it's not hands-on, no one shows up, (laughs) you know, and it's like, we have to know, we have to remember that for us to be better at hands-on, we have to be actually educated on the why hands-on you know so i mean for example again i mean i'm gonna sound like a broken record here but as an sl (laughs) when the first quarter we were doing immigration and we were trying to be you know hands-on we wanted to have a local law firm come in and talk to us about the immigration process and like how it's unjust how we can work to make help make it more just but you know we had like one or two people come to that event but then a week later or so when we had a more hands-on approach there were more people there And it's just like, we have to remember, and and especially as Catholic Bruins, I know that 
you know, we're tired of learning. <laughs> we have classes already. Like I want to, you know, go in there and like do something good and, and feel like I'm doing something good. And, and that's, it makes sense. Like, and, and, you know, that feeling is not a bad thing, but we have to know that, that we do need to be educated. And all those talks that are put on by like, uh, Bishop Barron or that Archdiocese immigration director come in to speak with us and not a lot of people showed and so it's like having people come to those events where you're getting talked to about a particular issue is very important so that we can then inter interconnect our faith in our learning at a secular university like UCLA with our faith and what that means in regards to knowledge and how we can apply that to hands on it's the hardest thing to come to what it feels like a lecture at uh, night but yeah at the same exactly time, those are, <laughs> but those are so important i guess i'm really biased on this fact just because i'm such a huge fan of speaker series mm-hmm. um, a is definitely done like a lot of speaker series and we just found so much joy in learning i hope that this online platform as terrible as it is i hope that it can also stimulate that area of academic curiosity but it's hmm. in a relevant context, right? I think that's the yeah. hardest. That's like the hardest part. How do we keep people engaged in terms of like understanding the why? Because my goodness, this is so important. Like, why is there a homelessness crisis in Los Angeles? Right? We mm-hmm. help out. We help out people all the time in Skid Row. But do we talk about the policies that have led to homelessness in in Los exactly. Angeles? Yeah. Do we talk about the policies that have led to? The incarceration camps down at the border. No, we don't. Do we talk about the problems affecting different communities, black and brown communities of the United States? And also, in a more topical way, why was it important to change the name of Jan's steps to Tongva steps, mm. right? Um, yeah. I'm, I'm really sorry if I butchered the pronunciation, but why is it important that we commemorate that? Something That's something like really near and dear to close to us, right? You and I remember it as Jan Steps. It's no longer yeah. going to be called Jan Steps. Why is the renaming of LeConte important? This might seem that these issues don't really affect us as Catholic, but I think it does in a sense that to truly love one another, to do the good of another person, you really have to understand them because no one's going to change for a stranger. But people are going to change for a friend or people are not going to change. They're going to learn from a friend, right? You yeah, learn so many exactly. things because of friendship. You don't want to learn things probably unless they're in like, you know, professorial role and all that stuff. But even that's, <laughs> the best lessons that I have ever learned are from the people that I consider my friends or my mom so, and my dad. So, you know, it's, <laughs> no, it's, exactly. Yeah. But I think that's why it's important to really boil it down to the simplicity of like loving another and to really interconnect our Catholic faith, you know, we are called to be the light. We're called to like be an example of like what it is to to love someone and hopefully be the light for someone else. And when it comes to social justice, it comes to that. It's related because if you're not going to take the time to learn about something and learn how to love someone and why something is happening, why something is changing in our world in regards to like something that can seem so secular as like justice for the past or justice for so-and-so and justice for this and that which is happening so often right now then you're not going to understand why you're not going to want to support and so we as catholics i think it's our job to really stand up <laughs> as on instagram thing about like if catholics were to really truly be catholic the world would change overnight and i think that is so true if we were really to want to know why something was important why it's important to change the names of jan steps to Tongavai, also really suck at pronunciation. We have to understand like why it's important, why they're important, what their culture was, to really learn to to love their cause and to love their plight, and and to in that sense be more united and supportive and really truly be a voice for them because you you can't be a voice for someone if you don't know what they're calling for. This is very true. I really love. What you just said a lot of Colonel Carnot cause kind of like truth. I totally messed up that analogy, but you know what? <laughs> you, you know, you dropped so many, so many good truth bombs right there. I think Catholics struggle over the semantics of names, mm. and they get way into the political game. And it's Catholics from both sides. To be, oh, yeah. to be honest, I do definitely see a lot of people that say like, oh, yes, this person cannot receive communion because it has to be on the tongues. If you're on the hands, then you'd better best not receive communion at all or it's just like no i i i would i agree with this message but what message does that affect How, which community is, is affected by that message right 
Like I definitely agree, yeah. You just reminded me of something I recently just learned, like quite literally yesterday, you know, about the Eucharist. In, in the sense that when we break this bread, when we eat together and sit down to have a meal, the Eucharist, it's it's not just a vertical line of meat to Jesus. It's also horizontal to the community. Like we are breaking bread together. We are like a family in that moment. We are pledging to do good to your neighbor, to the person sitting next to you, to the person sitting in front of you. It's not just it's not just a you and him thing. You know, it's not just a recharge me so I can go on with my life. We're here together. We're breaking bread together as a family, as a community. And it shouldn't be a semantics issue. It shouldn't be like that because Christ is supposed to unite us. And that breaking of a bread, of a being over a table, as he said, you know, to do this in, in memory of me and him. And he, he shared meals with the tax collector. He shared He shared meals with everyone whom the community thought he shouldn't. And in that sense, it's like we should we should really remember what what that not a symbol what that really is for us when we are taking part in community together as a community. I think it's also to be mindful because as we do things for social justice, in what way can we help in our own community? So when we even started thinking of simple actions, think about what's going on in your community. One of the things that maybe I do unintentionally or maybe other people do unintentionally is the process of gatekeeping in a sense of like, sometimes you have this thought of like, ah, why is that person here? They don't Mm -hmm. even belong in the church, right? For whatever reasons, Mm -hmm. you know, gosh, I just don't like that person for this and this and that. For me, it's it's definitely just petty reasons. I think it's just like, oh, they're, <laughs> they're, they're such a mean person to me. Why are they here? But other people really say like, oh, yeah, this certain group of people cannot be part of the church. And it's just like super unfortunate that we have this gatekeeping mentality at times. I think that that's in a way of like, if you understand the person, if you understand the people, if you understand other cultures you can eliminate the even unintentional gatekeeping that you do right there's been so many times where i feel like kept out of this whole catholic church right there have been times where i felt super unwelcome for actions that i may or may not have done and it's terrible it's a really really terrible feeling and if i which seemed like super super minor small gatekeeping felt that way i wonder what it's like for our brothers and sisters who experience that every single day i wonder what it's like for our brothers and sisters who will never go back and it to me it just breaks my heart you know we're supposed to unite with one another in this body of christ but we're breaking it with our thoughts i don't know um what are your thoughts about that if you've any had any experience with that if you've had any yeah what what are your thoughts on gatekeeping and what should we do to eliminate it as a community through the lens of social justice i mean i definitely agree with you i don't think i can pinpoint a time where i felt excluded in that sense and and i'm blessed to not have a particular memory tied with gatekeeping you know but it's definitely understanding and and knowing that there are communities and, and people and groups of people who feel that way and it's i think it's more common than we would like to take credit you know <laughs> i think we we always we try to think that we, we're such good people and that we're you know we're catholic we're nice all the time but that definitely happens and it happens in every community i'm sure it's happening at the ucc even though we wouldn't like to admit it and i think through the social justice lens again <laughs> I, I think i've been saying this a million times but it really comes to the simple act of love and understanding and listening and just being open to understanding to being educated to be corrected and really trying hard to not think that you're the one on the high ground, you know? Mm-hmm. You could be wrong. You mean unintentionally, you could have done something. It could be you who who needs to learn a little bit, you know? It's hard to think that way. But, you know, I definitely had times where it's like, yeah, I was the one who kind of stepped in that, you know? <laughs> like, I was the one who may have done that and may have, unfortunately, turned someone away or something. And it's just trying to do better all the time we're growing (laughs) you know we're learning we've said this a lot today but it truly really is a daily aspect it's a daily thing growth mindset honestly super Mm -hmm. important what is the future of the church that you wish to see the church is infallible for sure but i definitely feel like as a church community as a people there are many steps that we can take to really increase the union of the body of christ in what way do you wish to picture the church community I'm not going to say the church because that's very much heretical. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to step away from that. This is not a heretical podcast. Um, but yeah, what are, what are some actions that you wish that some members of the church communities would take, you know? 
Or maybe the church community in general could take. You know, as a church community, and I'm going to make it super small here. I'm saying like UC community. I would just really like to see the growth of the different language masses. The communities, you know, things that like... <laughs> things that we can all take part of you know we've been talking about understanding each other's cultures of of understanding each other's values of understanding each other at, um you know student dinners a huge plus huge thing you're already getting to understand your neighbor and just listen to what their day has been like but in regards to our masses you know spanish mass vietnamese mass like tagalog you know more languages more languages where we can each partake of like how that is and how their masses are and like i went to i studied abroad in italy of course basic study abroad student but like i i went to mass and and I, it was a mass that was purely in italian like did i really understand the words said no but did that mass feel so profound because i was able to really immerse myself in 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 the catholic faith universally speaking you know actually i knew what mass was happening i knew what was happening in mass i felt connected to jesus in that moment to the community in that moment throughout the language barrier so i think at the ucc you know just having masses in different languages, having events that are culturally based with the Latino community, with the Vietnamese community, and just being able to see how the Catholic faith translates to all these other cultures is a way that we can understand each other more and really break down any barriers or subconscious gatekeeping that could be happening, you know? Yeah, that is absolutely such a beautiful image. And it harkens back to the time where I was in Japan. We attended mass there. I thought that Japan was super, you know, religion who cares what's that right so i did i think <laughs> the mass to just be like really chill but i think that was like one of the most reverent masses i've ever attended because people came in early people started praying early like and then after mass ended i don't think anybody left they all stayed an mm-hmm. extra 15 minutes praying 15 to 30 minutes praying it was just so quiet and everybody was there with the greatest intentions and i was just blown away did i understand anything absolutely not Um, (laughs) exactly (laughs) i think yeah and then afterwards i went to confession and i went to and afterwards i went to south korea and then i had a confession there and i was just like i don't know if you've ever had a confession in in another language that you don't know but oh my goodness let me just say bless the priests who know who are bilingual because i want to be that way because man tried to help me a lot and he was like pretty good and i was just like i'm giving this priest so much crud <laughs> yeah me, not I, knowing korean but yeah. i had a confession in italy and i was just like struggling away i mean thankfully spanish and italian are, are like okay close but even me asking for a priest that i can confess with was a struggle <laughs> like the fact that they were just so willing to like help and find someone who could potentially do spanish with me with some italian mixed in and really that confession was different out of this world you know it's again how universal our faith is that's the beauty that i hope to see as well i mean i would love to have an indonesian mass um, i would love to have cultural night dinners where we have for student dinners dishes from different cultures i mean the budget would would, cr- would be crying over that <laughs> but um it, is ha- it has happened uh, I, did you know you mary does that but they don't spend a single thing on their budget i think i think they people from the different parishes mm-hmm. go there and volunteer to cook so maybe that's a strat that we need to take we need to be like all right people from oh the, yeah from this parish come cook for us please. yo <laughs> honestly the uccc almost had my mom make us food <laughs> like straight up we thought that was the easiest way i mean couldn't happen in the end because we just didn't have the space for it i mean we've got families <laughs> make it happen you know <laughs> exactly exactly volunteer your time i want to say really really thank you thank you so much honestly this has been a fantastic wonderful conversation i've learned so much about what it means to be a leader like i promised from the very very beginning people were gonna learn i don't know if i promised that but that was like the thing that was left unsaid but now is said and i hope you all know that alondra is i hope you can i hope you understand now how big brain alondra is and that you know if you get to talk to her it's a wonderful time honestly so i just want to say thank you no yeah i'm so glad thank you for having me on here i do have a want to say closing comment just because i know that we talked a lot about like the necessity of us to really get out there and do something and how important it is to be active and stuff. But I do kind of just want to say that it's pretty clear that we can't do everything. Mm -hmm. But just because we can't do everything doesn't mean we shouldn't do something. 
So I think the best way really is for us to continue our passions because we each have our passions and, and, and really research how there may be injustices within your own passion and then make a pledge to do something, at least one thing this month, you know, during this time where we are all so much stuck in our homes listening to how the world is low-key falling apart but you know this is this is this is where we this is where we come back this is where where our faith and our hope and our faith comes out and really really let us be this light let us do something for our passion for our communities for our world <laughs> I, yes find that passion because i think out of everything, there's going to be so many times where you cry. There are going to be so many nights where you're just like, I'm done with everything. But that passion is what's going to make you persevere. It's what's going to move you forward. So beautiful, beautiful advice. My passion is roasting Brianna Tanusi, but I don't think in my contract I was allowed to say that. So I might have to cut that out. Maybe, I don't know. We'll see. But yes. Hey, I bet that passion can be turned into social justice. <laughs> <laughs> she hates that <laughs> but yes oh no big love big love to Brianna though but yes any final words any final advice anything else that you would want to say I know you dropped so many so much truth so many things so many words to live by to everybody but yeah anything else you would like to say to the listeners of our podcast you know what just so we can give Brianna some slack like this is a little worship song you know that I think y'all should listen to um, do something by Matthew West. I would recommend to think about your passion or try to envision a passion and listen to this song and just really find find your passion in a way that you can do something. Amen. That is amazing. <laughs> I will listen to that. There's so many there's so many songs I need to listen to. If you can send me a playlist of the songs, like please, please do. I'm <laughs> I'm in desperate need of finding like worship songs. But yeah. Anyways, I'd like to thank you once again. We are going to end, as we always do, in a closing prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, teach us how to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the many blessings that you have given us throughout our lives. We thank you for the gifts of conversation, of knowledge, of wisdom, and of fellowship that you have given to us at the UCC community. We ask that you bless us in all the days of our lives and bring peace to our homes and communities. Lord, I ask that you continue to help us grow in our knowledge and to cultivate a spirit of learning until we are received in your heavenly embrace. Help us to search for understanding and for truth. May we continue to be scholars in all aspects of our lives, and may we always perform actions that are in accordance with your will. We ask this in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The music used in this episode. First Day of Spring by David Hillowitz. License under Creative Commons. And Storybook by Scott Holmes. License under Creative Commons. Our producers for this podcast are Dylan Giannotti and me, Jason Muljani. Special thanks to our guests, Alondra Saldivar. And to the UCC podcast team, Chloe Alvis, Dylan Giannotti, Joshua Herring, and Isabella Richards. I couldn't have done this without